The Crunch Time Sports Advantage podcast is proudly brought to you by Soul Street Coffee. Start your day with a smile. And Anchor, the number one podcast hosting platform. Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Visit anchor.fm for more details. Welcome into this opening week of the National Football League. Hi everyone, I am Summer, and I want to thank you for joining us for this podcast. A special shout out to our friends listening in the UK, Ireland, and Germany. I am pleased to be joining my guys, Billy and Kenneth, all season long covering the National Football League. We are going to be breaking down this Thursday night matchup between the Houston Texans and the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Before I bring in my guys, here is a look at the expected weather forecast and the injury report for both teams. The expected weather for this game is brought to you by our Crunch Time Sports Advantage Weather app. The weather calls for rain starting early Thursday morning and continuing throughout the day. At kickoff, cloudy with occasional rain showers with a temperature of 56 degrees. Northeast winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain during the game is currently 75%. And now here is a look at the injury report for each team. Starting with the visiting Houston Texans. Cornerback Philip Gaines is battling an ankle injury and it is uncertain if he will be active. Linebacker Jonathan Greenard is nursing an ankle injury and it is unknown if he will be able to suit up opening night. Cornerback Gary M. Conley is on the injured reserve list with ankle injury and there is no timetable for his return. Wide receiver Brandon Cooks has an injured quad but he is expected to line up. Fullback Colin Gillespie is hobbled by a hamstring injury and his status for the game is up in the air. Wide receiver Isaiah Coulter has been designated for the injured reserve list with a neck strain and there is no timetable for his return. Wide receiver Kiki QT is dealing with a stress fracture in his foot, and it is unclear if he will play. And now the Kansas City Chiefs. Defensive tackle Derek Nottie is nursing an ankle injury, and it is unknown if he will suit up. Offensive guard Kalecio Semele is managing a stiff neck, but he is projected to play. Tight ends Ricky Seals-Jones has a right leg injury, but it is not likely to affect his status for the game and Travis Kelsey is dealing with a knee injury, and it is unclear if he will play. Offensive tackle, Martinez Rankin has been designated for the PUP list with a patella injury. It is up in the air when he will be activated. Running back, Damian Williams will not compete during the entire 2020 season as he has decided to sit out due to a personal reason. Nose tackle, Mike Pinnell has been issued a two-game suspension for violating the league's substance abuse policy, but he is expected to make his season debut against Baltimore in Week 3. Cornerback, Bashad Breland is serving a four-game suspension due to his involvement in an off-field incident. He is projected to be reinstated in time for Week 5 versus the Raiders. And finally, defensive back, Alex Brown is on the injured reserve list due to a torn ACL in his knee. After this brief commercial break, I will be joined by Billy and Kenneth to break down the game. And now I would like to welcome in my guys, Billy and Kenneth. Billy, give our listeners a look at where the lines open for this game and where they are right now. Thank you, Summer. I am looking forward to this season and joining you and Kenneth to give our listeners their sports advantage. I will be looking at where the lines opened and where they are currently sitting at this moment. I will also give you the breakdown of the splits, how the percentages of the bets break down between the two teams, the percentages of the money, and the differences between the two. It is important to remember that with no preseason, these first few games from a betting perspective could present some opportunities but at the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network, we will be cautious until about week 3. That will give Kenneth time to analyze and evaluate how each team is performing in our key efficiency stats. Using these key stats, is how we will establish our power ratings for each team. After week 3 is completed, we will have our first look at those key efficiency stats and we'll be talking about them for each matchup along with the team's power ratings going forward for each NFL game. Professionals odds makers use their own power rating system to set the lines for each game. So, here is where the lines started for this game. 
This game opened with the Chiefs as a 9.5 point favorite with a game total of 54. We have seen this game move through the week. With 6,935 bets currently placed on this game. The line now still has the Chiefs favored by 9.5 points and the game total set at 54. Now, here is how the splits break down. The Chiefs are getting 59% of the bets, while the Texans are getting 41%. The percentage of the money breaks down like this, the Chiefs are getting 63% of the money, while the Texans are getting only 37%. That is a plus 4 point percentage differential in favor of the Chiefs. As for the totals, the over is getting 59% of the bets, while the under is getting 41%. The percentage of the money breaks down like this, the over is getting 42% of the money, while the under is getting 58%. That is a plus 17 point percentage differential in favor of the under. Thank you, Billy. And now I turn to Kenneth. So, Kenneth, take the listeners inside the game plan strategy for each team. So, let us start with the visiting team, the Houston Texans. If the Texans are to leave Arrowhead with a win tonight, what would be your plan if you were head coach, Bill O'Brien, OC, Tim Kelly, to attack the Chiefs D? And if you were DC, Anthony Weaver, what would be the game plan to slow down this high-powered Chiefs offense led by Patrick Mahomes? Thanks, Summer. For the Houston Texans, the key number that they have to get to is 31. And that's 31 points uh, in this game. Any coach, regardless of its high school, whether it's college, whether it's pro, has to understand a couple of critical things. Who is your opponent? Now, depending on what stage of the game, that will change. Because sometimes late in the game, your opponent is actually the clock if you have a lead and you're trying to run out the clock. But to start off the game, the Houston Texans need to understand who their true opponent is in this game. Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, all of those wide receivers, that is your opponent. You're not just playing the Kansas City defense, you're playing all of those offensive weapons that the Chiefs have. So the second critical thing that um, Coach O'Brien is going to have to understand is what's the game situation? And what do I mean by that? What's the score? Who has the ball? What's the down and distance? And where the ball is on the field? He and offensive coordinator uh, Tim Kelly needs to understand that on every single play that they call those critical situations and how that is going to affect the decisions that they made. Go back and look at the um, AFC championship game, um, I mean, divisional game, and the Texans are up 24 to nothing in the first quarter and they wind up losing at halftime. I don't think I've ever seen that in all of my years of watching football. So let's get to how, if I am OC Tim Kelly, uh, backed up by Coach O'Brien, who um, is an offensive-minded coach. You can see that in some of his aggressive play calls. Don't always work, but you can tell that he is an offensive coach. I got to start with being um, effective on first down. That means I can't just be predictable and running on first down. I got to get four to five yards on first down. That is going to be the standard to making third down much more manageable to keep drives going 
because time of possession does not matter to the Kansas City Chiefs. You can have the ball 35 to almost 40 minutes and you're kicking field goals and Mahomes is hitting Tariq Hill or Kelsey one, two plays, 60, 70 yards for touchdowns and you're still losing. So time of possession means absolutely nothing when you're going up against an opponent like this. I got to have a big game from everybody on that Houston offense. That means Will Fuller. That means Brandon Cooks. That means Randall Cobb, Duke Johnson. Everybody, even Deshaun Watson, is going to have to get outside of the pocket. And four or five times, he's going to have to make first downs with his legs to keep drive going and get the ball in the end zone. If the Texans have more than five punts in the game, that's not going to lead to the outcome of them getting a win. Here's an interesting stat uh, from last season about the Texans and something to watch out for in this game just to see if this trend continues. The Texans are 4-5 and five last season when they trailed at the half. So Houston needs to play with a lead in order to win this game. Flipping it to the other side of the ball when uh, Kansas City's on offense and defensive coordinator Weaver. J.J. Watt at this point in his career is just a name. He's not the three-time defensive player of the year anymore. He cannot play that volume of snaps anymore. Not putting him on a pitch count, but putting him on a play count. I want J.J. Watt on the field when it's third down, when it's um, a goal line situation. That's when I want to see J.J. Watt in the game. First and 10, second and eight, I don't need J.J. Watt on the field because he's going to wear down at the end of the game. And finally, you got to limit the explosive plays by the Chiefs. Whether it's through the air or on the ground, you can't give up big plays to this um, Kansas City offense. And I know that's easier said than done. Uh, just looking at the numbers here from last season, the Chiefs had 72 explosive pass plays, and that's any pass over 15 yards. You can't give up that amount of big plays to this Kansas City offense because that's what gets them going, um, and especially at home. So limit the big plays, limit the amount of snaps that J.J. Watts is on the field, but make those snaps count. If that's your game plan and also to be able to have a lead at halftime, that's the recipe that I see for the Houston Texans to walk out of Arrowhead with a win Thursday night. Want to gain an advantage this fall in the NFL, the English Premier League, and the SEC this year? Head over to our website and sign up for one or all of our packages. Each will give you access to our advanced stats, matchup breakdowns each week, 
a dedicated Slack channel where you can ask your questions and get a quicker response. Also, we will have a weekly Zoom meeting call. Not able to make the Zoom call, we will send you a copy by email. The start of the National Football League gets underway on Thursday night, September 10th, and the kickoff to the English Premier League is on Saturday, September 12th. Because we are the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network and we are here to give you your sports advantage. So, sign up today. Welcome back everyone, and we will pick up right where we left off. So, Kenneth, you are now Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid and OC, Eric Bainimi. How are you going to attack this Texans D? Then is DC, Steve Spagnuolo, how do you want to slow down the new look Texans offense? So, if the Chiefs are going to get the win, what is the game plan that you would put together? Thanks, Summer. It's really simple. I have Pat Mahomes as quarterback. So, just as I talked about getting to 31, if I am the Texans, 35. I got to get to 35 in this game because I know that that Texans offense, after seeing them in the divisional round uh, last year for the playoffs, can score on our defense. I mean, they put up 24 in the first quarter alone. So it's reasonable to think that them getting to 30 is not out of the realm of possibility. We can't turn the ball over. I, I know that's a cliche, but with this offense, we have to take our shots when the the moment presents itself. And nobody for me does a better job at that attack mode than this Chiefs offense led by Coach Reed, Eric B. Enemy, and Patrick Mahomes. I got Tariq Hill, Miko Hartman, and Sammy Watkins. Now, here's an old school reference for, for some of my track people back in the late 80s to early 90s. They basically have the Santa Monica Track Club um, at wide receivers. All of these guys have blazing speed. So what do I want to do? I want to attack this Houston Texans offense, not just vertically, but I want to use Tariq Hill in a different way in this matchup. I want to see him catch some of those, um, what we used to call tunnel screens. Um, I want to get him out into space as much as possible and then look to take some of those deeper, um, longer developing routes with Sammy and with Hartman going just straight up the field. So I want to kind of use a different attack and use, like I said, to rekill underneath and then splash in the rookie, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, coming out on some swing, some swing routes. Get this young uh, rookie feet wet in the NFL with some really underneath um, swing routes and let him be a bowling ball against that Texans defense uh, just running through it. Late in the second half, especially if we have to lead, we just talked about the Texans record, um, if they're trailing at the half, I want to go not hurry up, but some no huddle. I want to wear down, especially if I got J.J. Watt on the field, I want to keep him on the field and just absolutely 
take the legs out from underneath them by forcing him to stay on the field, snap after snap after snap. Gas him out because we know conditioning is going to be an issue, especially these first uh, two to three weeks of the season with no preseason, uh, no real um, training camp, if you will, to kind of get your sea legs underneath you. Um, as you mentioned, Summer, we talked about the weather weather conditions. I want to absolutely wear out this Texas defensive front uh, early on in the game. And by the time we get to the fourth quarter, they're just absolutely gassed. And that's when I can put Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in that backfield and just let him pound the rock and um, lead us to victory on the offensive side. Defense, we know Steve Spagnola loves pressure, and he's got some really unique chess pieces to where he can make that happen. Let's start up front with Chris Jones and Frank Clark, two of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, along with linebacker Anthony Hitchens and the Honey Badger still getting it done in the NFL um, at the safety spot. I would look to see Spags pressure Deshaun Watson early on downs, uh, not letting him get comfortable back there in that pocket, giving him three, four, five seconds to kind of buy time and scramble. I would expect to see uh, Coach Spags really pressure Deshaun early in the game and especially early on downs. Um, first downs, I would expect to see um, some blitz calls, um, whether it's zone blitz, whether it's man blitz, uh, Spags will bring pressure from anywhere and everywhere. He's kind of like a old buddy Ryan, um, if you will. There's not a pressure call that, that Spagnola uh, won't call in this game, and I expect to see that early and often uh, in this matchup. So, Summer, that's my outlook as far as how I would tack if I was um, the coordinators for each team. Back to you. And now some final thoughts on the game, and Billy, I will start with you. Thanks, Summer. Keep an eye on the injury report before the game and the weather forecast. And as Kenneth said the impact player to in this matchup has to be Texans wide receiver, Will Fuller. In closing, we want to say thank you for listening to this preview for tonight's game. For Kenneth and Billy, this is Summer. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast and that you will join us all season long as we break down the National Football League. And be sure to listen to the podcast on Saturday, as we take you through all the Sunday slate. And remember, whether it is the SEC, NBA, NHL, NFL or the English Premier League, we are the Crunch Time Sports Advantage Network, and we are here to help you find your sports advantage. Enjoy the game everybody.